PCB MVPs by the numbers. Week 3 review. Watertown traveled to the Creek Bank for what's believed to be the Region 4 2A title game. The hype matchup turned into a bit of an offensive struggle. After forcing the Purple Tigers to punt on their first series of the game, the Yellow Jackets started in the shadows of their own goalposts. The Watertown defense allowed very little and also forced a punting situation. However, the snap sailed high over Colton Key's head and through the end zone. The safety gave the visitors an early lead. After trading punts, Trouser County found success. Bryson Claiborne found a cutback lane in the middle of the Tiger defense and set sail for the score. Distance covered, 85 yards. The Purple Tigers will get a short field after a jacket turnover and made it count in the third quarter to take the lead 9-7, which would be the final. A late drive by the Purple and Gold abruptly ended inside their 20-yard line when the defender made a great play to intercept the pass, allowing the visitors to run out the clock and claim a third straight regular season victory over Hartsville. Now for week four and a trip to Gordonsville. Gordonsville's 2020 season review. They enter week four with a record of two and one. Week one, the Tigers faced Watertown and came up short seven to 14. Week two, the Big Blue renewed their yearly contest with Cross County foe, Smith County. The Tigers were too much this year and claimed a rare victory in the hole for the series with a 28-0 score. Last week, Gordonsville kicked off their region's schedule with the Bobcats of Pickett County. The Bobcats struggled mightily and the Tigers won the cat fight 53-14. For the year, Gordonsville is scoring 29.3 points per game, while giving up 9.3 points per game. Currently, the Tigers' scheduled opponents have a combined record of 11 and 15 on the year. Trials of County's 2020 season review. Three games into the season, and the Jackets are sitting at 1 and 2. Friendship Christian claimed the Week 1 victory, 10-7. White House was swarmed by the Jackets in Week 2 as the purple and gold won 34 to 14. Week three, the Jackets fell again to the Purple Tigers of Watertown, nine to seven. So far this year, the major storyline for the Jackets is ball security. The struggle is real as they have laid the ball on the ground nine times, losing five of those to go along with one INT. They are scoring 16 points per game while only allowing 11 points per game. On the year, the Purple and Gold opponents have hold a combined record of 14 and 13. Trouser County stat. Through three games, the Yellow Jackets have had nine different players touch the ball offensively. Cameron Rankins is the third leading ball carrier with 22 rushes for 151 yards, a 6.9 yards per carry average. Jordan Pickett has seen the most action at this number two on the team with 37 totes for 227 yards, a 6.1 yards per carry average. Bryson Claver enters week four as the Jackets leader, accounting for 250 yards on just 20 carries, a whopping 12.5 yards per carry average, and has accounted for five touchdowns. Common opponents. 
The 2020 season schedules for Trousa County and Gordonsville have only one similarity, the Purple Tigers of Watertown. Both were not on their A game, and Watertown walked away with the win. Rankings. This week we have two teams in different classifications. The only two rankings that we can use to compare these two schools are the Sunny Moore Computer Power Rankings and the Massey Rating, as they compare all schools regardless of classification. So first, the Sunny Moore Rankings. These rankings tend to be released late Monday evening after this recording, so we will again look at last week. Trouser County following week two sat in 80th, which is third in 2A. While their scheduled opponents have, have an average rank in this poll of 183.6. The Tigers of Gordonsville were at 146, and their opponents averaged a rank of 229.2 in this poll. The Massey ratings are still high on the Yellow Jackets, and list them at 106, which is third in 2A. And their scheduled opponents have an average rank of 217.2 in this poll. Gordonsville this week was rated at 244, and their opponents have an average rank in this poll of 250. Max Preps 2A rankings dropped Trouser County down to 6. Matchup History This series, based on my record, has been dominated by the Creek Bank Boys. I show them leading the Tigers 31-8-1. The two schools have faced off at least once every year since 2005, with the Tigers winning in 2012 and 2016 in that stretch. Last year's game saw the Jackets dominate a very young Gordonsville squad, 49-0. My take. If the Jackets are going to live up to their potential, it's got to start now. Word on the street has it that this Gordonsville team has greatly improved, and so far the record has backed that up. The Tigers always put up a challenge when you go to their place, so I fully expect the Purple and Gold to have their hands full, and the self-inflicted wounds have to be eliminated. If Trouser County can focus on doing the little things right, then everything else will fall into place. Go Jackets! We got another good episode lined up for you today. We got an interview with kicker Heath Chassie, interview with Gordonsville coach Scott Clemens. So stay tuned for that. Right now, I'm sitting here with Samuel Hicks, PA announcing extraordinaire. Back at it again. Yes, sir. And actually, before we talk, let's just jump right into that interview with Heath Chassie. This is Easton Stacy with the Burma Road Podcast. I have Heath Chassie, the four-year starting kicker for the Yellow Jackets. How you doing, bro? Pretty good. So I just got a couple questions for you lined up here. If you want to throw anything in there, you can. Just if you want to tell a story, anything like that, you can interrupt me. Don't matter. But how many points have you scored each year, and how many points you scored total? 
uh, freshman year, I scored five points out of seven. Uh, sophomore year, I scored uh, 52 out of 58. Junior year, 55 out of 60. And this year, I believe that I've scored five points. So that's about 113 total. That's a lot. You don't really realize how, how many points adds up, like, for a kicker. Yeah. Because, like, go ahead. Like, you go out there, you score one point compared to a quarterback or a running back who scored six points at a time. It adds up, though. You don't realize you could be, like, the leading scorer and not even notice. Like, I remember – I can't remember what we – I talked to you one time, and you was like, yeah, I'm ripping in that number 12 because that's what I wore. Yes, like, I was wore that jersey right before you – and I was like, yeah, you probably score more, way more points than me in it because I only scored like two times, I think. And you was like, yeah, I already have over 150 points. I'm like, well, yeah, you just scored way more than me. But uh, how many – you got any college offers, anybody looking at you? Uh, I have one offer uh, from Coach Swaney here from Finlandia University. It's a D3 private school up in Michigan. Uh, he offered me back in March. They're in a five-year program right now. And they haven't had a kicker since they've started. Their safety actually kicked for them last year. And uh, I received an email from them asking me to fill out the recruiting questionnaire. And so I did that. And uh, I got on Twitter, and Coach Wagner had messaged me something about them offering me and gave me his number, and I contacted him. And we talked the next day, and he offered me that first phone call. So, I don't know if I'm going to take it or not. That's what I was going to ask. Are you interested at all or you don't know? I mean, yeah, obviously I'd like to play next four years of college football. Just, I mean, not everybody has that opportunity. And most people that go and take those opportunities, they don't stick with it. So, that's a lot of That's money. a long way, though, yeah, yeah, all the way to Michigan. Home. Uh, I got some questions on Instagram. I asked some questions. And I'm not – I don't know if these people want me to say their name. So, I ain't going to say their name on here. But if you want in a future player interview, if you want your question, or if you want to got any questions for the players, go follow us on Instagram at Burma Road six one five, and maybe your question will be on the podcast. But first question: What goes through your mind before the ball is snapped? Well, you know, uh, freshman year, never having that experience at the high school level, I made uh, two extra points in middle school, but obviously. Nerves are running through you. That first kick of the game, uh, basically I'm just sitting there waiting for the snap. Cameron waiting on me to give him the go to uh, give the cadence. And basically just nerves. You just got to relax and breathe, though, go through with the kick. All right, I got another one. What do you love most about TC football? Oh, you know, the tradition, um, the high expectations. You know, you come in to the football program and you know what is expected, a gold ball at the end of the season every year. And so I just I love that uh, standard. You have kids that come from out of county that don't know that standard and they, they're all even like, uh, well, you know, this is a lot different than my other school. You know, the Pickett brothers come in from Lebanon and they came into a small town. Even at Lebanon, that's not the expectation up there. They don't. They don't really care. They're a basketball community up there, so it's just nice to have that here. I got you. Um, You got it. All right, well, that's all for the Instagram questions. We only had two, which is more than we had the last week, but I want to see those Instagram questions get bumped up. We need some more questions on there. 
you got any pre-kick rituals or anything you do before you kick the ball? Like anything like, I don't know, you just do a certain movement or anything like that? You know, before kickoff, I'm normally warming up, do a pre-kick, go through the motion. For field goals, I'm normally at my net practicing warming up. And uh, I like to stretch my quad out right before the kick, line it up, and go through the motion. Speaking of kicking by the net on the sideline warming up, do you remember this time? I don't know why I remember this, bro, but I think it was last year, the year before, you were on the sideline kicking, and I think I just happened to be over there. And, you know, I guess every time you all on offense, you're warming up yep. over there. So you probably kick like over 100 times a game or something over there just warming up. And I remember one time, I just remember seeing you miss the whole net <laughs> and, it go, and it going and flying over there and hitting somebody. And you were just like, oh. <laughs> I, I, know, I just kind of act like it didn't happen, grabbed another football. And <laughs> I, remember some, I remember somebody brought it back over there and you were like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Dude, that was hilarious. All right. Well, that as far as football questions go, there's not too much stuff I can ask you other than that. So I'm going to ask you some more I guess just personal questions. I seen this on Facebook. I think Kevin Johnson, uh, I guess you'd say retweeted it. I don't know what you shared it on Facebook. He, would you rather have free wings or free tacos for the rest of your life? Uh, I'd probably have to go with free tacos. They're pretty good. <laughs> Bro, this is my thinking. I would go with free tacos just because... You can have like chicken tacos, shrimp tacos, steak tacos. tacos, which I guess for wings, you can still have a bunch of different sauces, but you had, it's like a pizza. You can put anything on the tacos. Like you can all, you, I feel like you would never get tired of it. And you like music? Yeah. Right now my, probably my favorite artist is Rod Wave. Um, young boy. I like, uh, country music too. Chase Matthews, Nashville Crazy. It's one of my favorite songs. He's an upcoming artist, ain't he? Yeah, he's upcoming. I really like his music. He's from, he's local. He's from Nashville. He's not too big right now, but his music, I like it a lot. Heard that. Who are some of your favorite athletes? Any sport? Um, well, I actually got the opportunity to work with an NFL kicker at one of the um, James Woolhoyt camps I went to. He's actually a former kicker for the University of Tennessee. Um, Corey Acosta, he plays for the 49ers. And I think that was a cool experience. He's a pretty good kicker. so I got you. And last but not least, what's your favorite football moment? Um, my favorite football moment, there's a few of them, you know, getting to uh, kick as a sophomore in the state championship game and actually, like, making the kick, you know, and then seeing the replay on that Jumbotron, it's just it's an experience in itself. Um, you know, hitting my first field goal, and uh, let's see what game was that? Gornsville game last season at home. It was a 32 yard field goal. That was pretty cool. Uh, and then also having to go out at Portland last year in the pouring rain, at freezing wind blowing, not knowing which way the ball's going to go, having to kick a 30 yard field goal from the right hash. I mean, your aim on that is pretty difficult. I had to leave at halftime of that game. Yeah, Dude, it was freezing. It was, it was my foot. Actually, that game, my my right toe has been it's sensitive ever since that. I think I kicked the ball too hard and rained it being numb, and no, it's bruised probably. <laughs> it probably messed up for life. Actually, I just thought of one more question, bro. 
what's the farthest field goal you've hit in practice, like, or in a game, warming up, whatever? What's the longest you've the ever longest hit? The longest I've ever hit was in practice. You know, uh, I mean, that's all I do in practice is kick. And uh, the longest, probably a 45 or 46-yard field goal. But then in a game last season against Cascade, homecoming, I hit a 39-yard field goal from the uh, right hash. Coach Sack gave me a heck about it, told me I should have just backed it up another yard so I could have a 40 in the books. But, um, yeah, in practice, I can kick 45-yarders consistently. Um, my range is probably around 40, though. About 40 more yards than I could kick one. <laughs> but I guess that's it for the interview. You got anything you want to add on there or anything you want to leave the listeners with, I guess you'd say? I think I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming and uh, being on the podcast. It was fun having you, bro. Yep. Thank you for having me. So let's just talk about what we saw in this game. What I saw from my point of view, obviously being in the booth, was I saw two really good football teams in a position – where whoever had the least amount of mistakes and turnovers was going to win that game. And it just so happened, unfortunately, we laid the ball on the ground and they took advantage of it. Seven to two at half, we had the safety, the little snap over um, Colton Key's head, and BC was able to kind of get loose and bust out for a touchdown to kind of get the momentum started early. But in the second half... They were kind of able they let's they ran the receiver screen like it was going out of style. I've never saw so many wide receiver screens in my life. No, and they were hitting us with it. It was yeah, working. It was working. I mean they were they were dinking and dunking for five, six yards almost every single time that they did it, and there was no answer for it. And then number nine got to a point to where after they scored, he just continually pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded. Um we had a chance probably – I think it was fourth down that they scored that touchdown on. So we had a chance there to kind of stop them and just kill the momentum. But hats off to Watertown for the way that they were able to kind of show up and play and take advantage of the mistakes that we made. They did, and not only did they take advantage of the mistakes, they played a good ball game. This was a huge defensive game. Uh, I mean, they – if we don't get that long run, dude – we're shut out, and I don't. I didn't break it down on film. I don't know what happened. I'm sure there was a huge hole that opened up, but I mean, that one play seemed almost like a fluke. You know what I mean? Well, I will say, when BC was able to kind of get outside and we get in open space, I don't think they oh, he had, turned the gassers on. I don't though, think there's anybody that. in open space that catches our playmakers once we get out in the open like that, especially BC and Hicks and stuff like that. We try to get Hicks out in open field. Once BC kind of got hurt, and I don't know the extent of the foot injury that he had, but once he kind of got hurt, you kind of take away that aspect of being able to kind of beat him with speed, and then it just kind of went to ground and So what happened? When did this happen? Uh, Third quarter. And you said I, he got stepped on. I, I want to say so. I want to say something happened to his foot. I don't know if he got. I don't know if somebody stepped on it. He got landed on. All I know, he went to the sideline, tried to get worked on, went back in the game, and came back 
out shortly after that. And then after that, it just, it didn't look, it didn't look good. The helmet came off and I was like, well, that's it for today when it comes to that. And then we have to change the game plan completely. And we just, we had opportunities where we were moving the ball. We just couldn't get in a position to where we could even give our field goal chick, kicker a chance to try to win that game. It just was, it was what it was. It was a great game. I'm pretty sure I said on the last podcast that I thought it was going to be low scoring. And I thought uh, you said that if whoever, if we had more than two turnovers, we'd lose. We had more than two turnovers. And here we are. But I will say it was both discouraging and encouraging. Our defense being able to hold them the way we did, I thought was very encouraging. Right. Our offense not being able to get anything going was discouraging. I mean, yeah. that's all you can say about it. There, there are some good things we saw out there. Uh, there toward the end of the game, when we got the ball back on that last uh, possession, uh, you know, when Watertown drove it down, maybe within our six-yard line or something like that. Yeah. And we stopped yeah, them we on stopped fourth them. down. Yep, yep. That was huge. Yeah. That was so encouraging. That was a big game situation. We had four players swarm the ball, mm-hmm. stop them in the backfield. I mean, and now we got the ball. All we got to do is drive all the way down the field in two minutes. Yep. You know, it still felt – you got to be able to pass in that situation. And we seem to still be struggling in that area. We – on the fourth down – play where we did try, attempt to pass it. I do think that Hicks had a guy. I just think that it wasn't led at enough out front for the guy to kind of – if he catches it and he leads him, that guy's gone because he was behind the defense. He had a touchdown there. But then if you go back earlier where we where Rankins also had one where he kind of had like a Mariota situation where like it kind of slipped out and he caught it himself where he had uh, Linares open – and that's, a, that's six as well. So it's just those little bitty things that kind of happen in a ball game that kind of turned the tide and kind of kept us from being able to come out on top in that one. I know it was heartbreaking because I do feel like in that game, if they make those plays, they're a better team than Watertown, it seemed. But they didn't capitalize on those type of plays. And capitalizing on those type of plays – in those big time ball games make all the difference in a season like this where teams are so closely matched. Good thing is we'll see him again in the playoffs. Yeah, that's usually what happens. Usually that's unfortunately that's been like I would love to just say that we just run through them and run through them in the regular season, run through them in the playoffs. It's not gonna happen. Watertown, they believe that they can run with us now. And if we give them a chance to run with us, they will. And we just have to kind of make those plays, and I'm hoping that we're gonna we're gonna get healthier as the season goes along, and then when we do see him in the playoffs, it's a whole nother ball game, and that's what we that, that's just kind of how it's gonna line up, and we just got to be ready when we do see him. If we see him in the playoffs, we got to make sure that we're in a position to where we're ready to go, and the middle mistakes have to be to a minimum. Yeah, we'll get better, man. It's early in the season. We had a weird. It's COVID. Everything else. Uh, and now we are going into Gordonsville, going down there, and uh, I think you can just go to the game and get tickets. That's what uh, Coach uh, Clemens said on the interview with John. Uh, so just show up at the stadium and hope you're one of the lucky ones that get in. You right, know? Right. Uh, but Gordonsville got beat by Watertown seven to fourteen. Yeah, it was close in week one. Yeah, it was. Cl- it was that that game was really close. I I I think Gordonsville's got a pretty good squad down there. And I 
I don't want to get in a we can't get in a position where we sleep on Gordonsville for what they have. I know we got some games coming up that should be handled uh by us the way that they probably should be handled, but I think this game should still be a pretty good one compared to the games that we have coming down the line. Gordon's was no slouch. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I I don't think – I think that we should probably go into every single game from here on out thinking that every team is going to give us their best because it's Trotsdale County. Right. That's what I think that most people forget. We're not going to get everybody else's, hey, I know it's senior night, but – you know, we're one and eight, one and eight, one and seven. Right. The, every team's going to try to bring it. And we just can't beat ourselves. As long as we, as long as we do what we're supposed to do, run the plays that are supposed to be ran, not make the minimal mistakes, then I think that all business will be handled. How, we got to start getting wins at home, though. How do you feel about this? You know, we, we started the season off saying we're going to do an offensive and defensive player of the game and everything else like that. I just don't feel you can have that when you lose a game. You know, it makes it tough because then you have to go dig for it. Um, well, not even that. It's just like what in the end the whole team came up short. So why single out a person as the player of the week for um, any accolades? Yeah, I understand that. I mean, too. I do want to say the Hammer Award for sure goes to Cam Rankins. He, he stuck him, stuck him. A lick, one of those old school nineteen nineties licks. We you can hear it up in the stand. Yeah, when that one happened, you could hear. I, it, I was sit, I was sitting there and I had the window open and you could hear the whole crowd like. Ooh. Oh yeah, they did it on the Watertown side as well. Yeah, over there where I was stick. as a trader. It was. A stick. I guess if you really <laughs> wanted to do it, I, clearly he'd be the hammer and. BC has to be your offense because he's the only one that broke loose on. He did break loose, but I'd like to dig into that play and say maybe a huge hole opened up for him. You know, yeah, they did the blocks. He any, scored. Any offensive lineman knows you only need three or four. If you can, if you can hold a block for three or four seconds or get to your guy and not miss him, then running backs are usually quick enough to where they can get where they need to get. Get to the. He was able to get to the second level, and then he, once it was him and a safety. He was able to kind of turn on, turn it on, and he was that boy was moving, boy. Moving, man. Uh, and it's funny because I have all the stats right here, but it's blacked out on my phone. I can't see it. Well, that's not good. Literally, somebody sent me the stats, blacked out. <laughs> well, that's not good at all. So shout out, <laughs> <laughs> shout out uh, the stat giver. Because you could just look at the stats and say, oh, you know, yeah, objectively, so and so did this, this, and that. Because we don't, we don't know who the leading tackler was. Then. I wouldn't know. Yeah, but I can't see it. Well, this uh, a, it's a this is the last week that'll happen. We'll make sure we get those. But uh, yeah, I would probably say that's all you can really say when it comes to defense and offensive like accolades at all. They did everything they needed to to be in this game in the fourth quarter, and we knew that that's what was going to happen. We talked about it last week that it was going to come down to the fourth quarter, and it was going to come down to if we beat ourselves. Then we beat ourselves, and that's exactly what happened because I do think that we were the better team going into that game, and it's going to have to get better. we got to get healthy. Yeah, for sure. That's tough, man. Any time you got all these injuries, it, it's tough. But, I mean. Shout out to uh, Watertown Students Section for not dressing up like rednecks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Dude, their fans are nasty, They travel man. good. Yeah, and they're they're up there. 
Yeah, they 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 Partici- were their their fans were participating in the game. Yeah, I they, know we were too. But yeah, they man, were fired up. They were giving the refs crap. They were giving their head coach crap when he didn't call a timeout. Uh, I mean, geez, Louise. Guys. Yeah, number nine for them. I forgot his name. I want to say Carter, Who, but uh, he's not for the quarterback, right? For, no, no, not a uh, not Casino. Right, but. I want to say his name. Last name was Carter for them. He like man when he was able to kind of bust those runs and control the clock, it felt like we weren't going to be in a position where we could actually have a chance to try to come back. Got the big stop on fourth down, and we had a shot right there at the end. That's pretty much all you can ask for. You just got to execute and make that play. Right, right. I mean that's where we were. Um. All I can say is because I don't want anybody to get super discouraged being one and three at this moment because I do think that this is starting to build up to be one of those positions where people kind of start doubting what's going to happen this year and you walk around and the fans are kind of like, well, hey, you know what? This year these boys just ain't. I don't want anybody to get in that kind of position because I've seen this before and I know what kind of position the team is kind of in. And I just think it's a completely different ball game once everybody gets back on the field and we get in the, uh, some of these games where the starters get to rest and we get everybody kind of back healthy because we can control ball games. Once the playoffs start, I mean, it's... it's you want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's 0-0 at that point. And I think that these kids are going to... We're going to find out if these kids can become young men and do what they're supposed to do once the playoffs start. Indeed. Uh, and now let's go to that interview that John did with Coach Clemens. Welcome back to Burma Road. I'm here right now with uh, Coach Scott Clemens. Uh, I'm actually sitting in my vehicle trying to hide from my kids so we can get some peace and quiet. But uh, how you doing, Coach Clemens? I'm doing good. How you doing? Uh, you know, we're coming off a loss, and uh, it's not our first loss this year, and we're trying to keep our head up and get back to work. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know what that's like. And uh, how are you guys uh, getting prepared with uh, Trousdale County coming up this week? Well, anytime, uh, you know, Trousdale County's played three quality opponents here the first three weeks. And uh, this year's a little different year with the COVID issues. And uh, he didn't have any preseason scrimmages and didn't have a jamboree. And so, I mean, you know, I know they had a tough loss last week, but they've played some really good people. So, uh, you know, and, and I've been coaching a long time, and, and I played against Trials and I've coached against them for a long time. Uh, you, you know what you're going to expect. So, I mean, they're going to have a, a well-prepared football team, and they're going to come out fighting. And uh, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a it'll be a good game. I hope. Well, speaking of Corona, um, this COVID virus, you know, what have you guys tried to tell your team, and and some things you've tried to do to kind of get around the challenges of this unique year? It's definitely been different. There's no doubt about that. We've, uh, you know, we we try to limit uh, as much interaction as we can, and that's hard to do when you're dealing with 17, 18-year-old kids. Uh, uh, we've, we've had to create water situations. Every kid's got his own water bottle, and 
Uh, I mean, there's just all kinds of different challenges that I've never had to face in my career. Um, you know, we you're always worrying about the, if a kid's got a temperature and we're checking them all the time. And, you know, I, I talk to them all the time about somebody in their family being sick. they got to let us know. It, it just creates a – it seems like we're spending as much time battling this as we do coaching football. Well, yeah, you know, as, as much as – a head football coach for a, a small town high school has to worry about anyways. You know, I couldn't imagine dealing with maybe the most, you know, problematic thing that we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, but so Gornsville's always been, you know, a small town, just like Trousdale County, a hard working town. Um, and they love their football. Tell me about some of your, uh, your seniors this year. Well, we've got uh, we've got eleven seniors on our football team, and uh, you know we had some guys that uh, decided to come out and play this year that were, uh, were had played basketball and baseball, and maybe had not participated in football. And uh, we've got a couple of those guys that are seniors that you know have, have added some depth to us and and some athletic ability. So we're excited about them. You know, we've got a kid like Tyler Gregory. He's uh, Senior that starts for us at free safety and uh, plays some receiver, gets in the backfield occasionally, plays a little quarterback. So, you know, we're excited to have him. And Tyler's a kid, uh, you know, he played in junior high, but he decided not to play the first couple of years of his high school career. And when you can add a, a young man like that to your football team, it's just going to make you more dynamic. And we're glad to have him. Uh, you know, we've got a couple guys that's been here, been with us the whole time. And, Grant Underwood is one of our leaders on our football team. He plays linebacker and our sniffer back or fullback, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's one of the hardest working guys I've ever coached, and uh, he loves the game and he competes at everything he does. So you, you enjoy being around people like that. We've also got another senior named White Pemberton that started in the secondary force for three years, uh, plays wide receiver. Played a little running back last year, and we had to do some uh, with all the injuries. We had to move him back there. So, pretty versatile young man. He is uh, one of our our leaders, one of our captains, and uh, you know you got to have people like that that uh, uh, that you can count on, hang your hat on. It's going to come out there and go to battle every week for you. Certainly. Well, coach, if you had to, um, if you had to name a couple playmakers offensively and defensively, uh. What names and numbers should we look for Friday night to be kind of the tip of the spear for you guys? Well, you know, our running backs, uh, he had the family that moved in here. Uh, he, he, they lived in Nashville, and his mom moved out this way uh, to kind of get out of the city. He's named Daryl Holt. Uh, Daryl's uh, uh, he didn't play football last year. And he actually moved into our school, you know, kind of midway through the football season. But he played basketball, and he played baseball. Of course, you know, baseball season got shortened, so uh, he, he decided he wanted to come out and play some football for us, and we're glad to have him. You know, he's a guy that uh, he, he's got some speed and uh, got a lot of natural ability back there to run the football. So, you know, he's definitely, when you look at some tape, he's a guy that you probably see and you think that he can play. Uh, like I said, you know, we got Tyler Gregory plays receiver. Uh Trayson Davis is, is another kid that plays our slot. Uh, he's a junior. Uh, I think he leads our team in receptions at this point. Uh, so, 
you know, a guy that can catch football and make things happen with it after he catches it. Sure. And, uh, you know, Matthew Albritton's our quarterback. He's a sophomore, uh, a very talented young man. Uh, got hurt last year early on in the season. And, uh, actually got to come back, you know, week 10 maybe. I think he played a little bit in week 10, but he started all of our games in the playoffs for us. And, uh, you know, he's definitely a difference maker. He can throw football and, and – uh, you know, we're just, he's young, but we're trying to, to bring him along and, uh, you know, make him give him some easy reads and let him uh, do some things with football that uh, can help our team be successful. Sure. Well, Coach, you know, with a team like Trousdale County and tra- the tradition they've had, um, you know, they're, they've got two losses this year, and you guys are coming off a, a good season so far. You know, you got beat in a close game with Watertown, which was, from what I hear, a terrific game. You beat your all-time foe, Smith County, which is always a great win for you guys, and I'm sure a confidence booster. And if I'm not sure, you, you beat Pickett County pretty handily um, this last week. So with Trousdale County coming off a loss this past week, do you, do you look at that as possibly a, a positive thing or a negative thing? Do you think they'll be looking to, you know, to be might be a little tougher game because they're looking to rebound or, you know, do you think it might be a positive thing because they might be a little down? Well, a good football team, uh, uh, and and I, I equate Trials of Canada being a good football program when they've done it for a long time. Uh, they don't lose many, you know, back-to-back. So uh, I look at it as a negative for our team because I know they're going to be ready to play. Uh, you know, you, uh, when you when you lose a football game – uh, you kind of you watch the film a little closer, and you pay more attention to details. And you know, if you if you win several games in a row, sometimes some of that stuff gets overlooked a little bit from the coaching standpoint. But uh, as soon as you lose, you start trying to find out why. And uh, I'm sure their coaching staff's done a really good job breaking film down, trying to figure out what they didn't do very well, and they're going to try to correct that this week's practice. So. You know, I expect them to come out and uh, and play their best football game of the year. And, you know, we got to play our best game of the year to to make it interesting. Well, coach, if you had to say, um, what is the key to this game? Is it the turnover game? Is it the the, the techniques? Is it blocking and tackling? You know, what do you what do you tell your team that you have to do well this week to win the ball game? Yeah, I think it's it's awful cliche. A lot of coaches say it over and over, but I mean, you got to block tackle. I mean, that's just part. That's the game. I mean, it don't matter. You know, we live in an age where the spread offense is prevalent, and uh, uh, you're playing space more. But it's it's all boils down to blocking and tackling, and and, uh, and then the turnover game is huge in any. It don't matter what level you're in. If it's NFL or youth football, ever who turns it over the most usually don't come out successful. Sure. And uh, so that's a big part of it. And special teams is always a, a huge part of any any close football game. So you know, I think those are three big areas that you got to look at. And, uh, you know, uh, I know Travis will turn it over a few times last week, and I'm sure they're going to correct those problems this week. So, you know, special teams is big. And, and, you know, those are things that I think are just important. Sure, sure. And we, we've had – some problems turning the ball over, like you said, and uh, we we I know we used to have this machine down there called the blaster, and we run through it at least several times every practice. And uh, 
hopefully they can you know get in that blaster and get that taken care of but um if you had to say right now coach clemens what is the strength of your team well i think our defense has been pretty has played pretty well all year uh you know we've got uh two senior defensive linemen up there that uh that are, are I mean, they play with pretty good technique, and uh, you know they're they're older kids who are strong, and and for for bigger guys they move pretty well. So, uh, you know, we we kind of anchored from there. Uh, you know, and that's Lucas Carter and uh, Randall Ray are two down linemen. You got Damian Franklin that plays the other side. So, all three of those guys are seniors, and. Uh, you know, our linebacking cores led by Grant Underwood, young man I talked about a while ago. He's been there now for, for two years. and uh, uh, We've got some uh, – our secondary has been playing really well. So, you know, I think our defense has, has kept us kept us in that ball game against Watertown. And uh, we were able to uh, to defend them pretty well. And, of course, you've seen Watertown. They're pretty athletic and uh, sure, do a sure. good job out there in space. And we were able to tackle them in space, which is uh, – uh, was which was huge for us to be successful in that ball game, and you know, offensively we turned the ball over a few times against Watertown too. So, uh, you know, it, and that was kind of the turning point, I guess, in that ball game is we made more mistakes than they did. Yeah, and you know, we we like you said, we've t- we turned it over a little more than Watertown did. Uh, we did a decent job um, tackling out in space as well, and you know, that's no easy task. If you look at that team from Watertown, that's Especially their skill guys, they are they are athletic, and um, you know they're very athletic. Yeah, they, they they were very impressive. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. the best skill guys I've seen from there, at least in a long, long time. Um, oh sure. After I'm sure now you have um, three weeks of film on Trousdale County. Well, watching film, who do you think are the guys you have to stop this coming Friday? Well, they, I mean, they've got plenty of playmakers. They've got uh, their skill kids uh, are pretty impressive, also. You know, uh, uh, and it all starts with with the fullback Cameron Rankins. Uh, he's a young man that uh, that I've seen play since he was little. Of course, his, my son was a senior last year, so you know he's played basketball against him. And and I've I, you know, I mean, I just know what kind of young man he is. He's a, he's a good football player but he's even a better person so you know it starts with him and i know he's been hampered a little bit with some injuries here but uh he's a competitive person and he's gonna be a he's gonna be a load to try to stop uh, and then well, anytime you, got, you uh, run like anytime you run like he runs i think you're gonna get nicks and bruises for sure yeah most time it's probably because he's dishing out the punishment <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean he's uh uh, he's a load to tackle, I'd say. But they also have, you know, they have, they have the guys playing the wings, and I'm not real familiar with their names. Uh, uh, number seven and number four. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, both those guys can score at any time. I mean, they, they're, and of course, the quarterback, the Hicks kid. You know, he's able to. I'm sure he's one of the faster kids on the team. Uh, uh, you know, when he gets in open space, he's hard to handle. So. You know, they've got plenty of, of, of playmakers there that you have to try to defend. And, you know, they do a good job running wing tee and uh, uh, a lot of deception there, and, and they use their speed to get on the edge. So they make you defend the whole field. And, uh, uh, you know, people talk about the spread offense all the time. You have to defend the whole field. When you play against the wing tee, you got to defend it all too. So 
Sure. Uh, it's just it's just lined up differently. Yeah, I you know I ran the spread in high school, and I tell people the same thing. You know, around here at least, everybody wants to see the wing tee just because that's kind of our thing. But you know, I tell them, you know, we ran the ball back in the mid two thousands, you know, as efficiently then in the spread as we do now. And I think you can do it both ways if you're determined to run the ball, and you have some good linemen. You know, you can do it several different ways but when you see oh, yeah. a guy like um like mason bassford who's who's being recruited by a few schools a, a strong guy a very smart kid who i'm sure makes very few missed assignments um how do you prepare I, I you know and i look forward to seeing that that competition on friday night between your d lineman and mason bassford um well how do you prepare your guys for a kid like that well, you don't have a kid to simulate someone like him in practice because if he did, he'd be starting, you know, for you. So, uh, you know, uh, Mason, and if I'm not mistaken, has started since he's a freshman. Yes, correct? he has. He has. And, and I remember standing beside of him at a youth football game when he was a freshman. He was running the chains down there. And he looked like he was a senior in high school yeah. then. So, And I also got to meet him last year at a recruiting trip at Austin P and uh, you know I thought with him and his parents and just seemed like really good people and uh, just a good kid and you know but he's a, he's a good football player and uh, you know he's a he's definitely one you got to worry about because you know what he can do to you if if, uh, if you don't play with good technique so uh, you know he's one of them guys that can flat back in a hurry. Sure he's he's one of our stronger players uh, in the weight room. Um, well, Coach, you know, I, I know I speak for all of our listeners and, and, you know, the players and coaches as well. We always look forward to this competition. And before we go, um, I have a confession. You know, I've known Coach Clemens for a long time. I, I went to school in Gornsville through fourth grade, and I never had Coach Clemens in class, but uh, he was my, my recess supervisor. You know, he made mm-hmm. sure we weren't doing anything too crazy but um i remember you know i used to get in fist fights about every other day and uh, <laughs> we would you would set us out for about 15 minutes and then it was back to playing you know and <laughs> i just think about now how parents are called you know suspensions are made and you know it's just a wild wild comparison just from you know 20 25 years ago well, you know how it is on, out there on the playground. The game of two-hand touch sometimes can get out of control. And, uh, you know, tempers will fly a little, and, and it happens. Uh, yeah, I was a little uh, over-competitive, I'd, I'd say. But the thing I remember about you is you struggled to catch it pretty good back then. Is that true? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. My dad, he, he finally got me out in the yard, you know, and he would force me to use my hands. And I actually ended up playing – mostly receiver in high schools which is it's you know ironic but yeah i used to take a few off the noggin <laughs> well coach clemens, it's been, it's been a long time ago yeah it was it was uh coach clemens good luck buddy i appreciate you you know calling us and uh giving us a good interview and we wish nothing but healthy uh healthy players for you and a safe trip up here no you are coming to us oh that's right i'm my mistake. I'm sorry. That's fine. We're coming yeah. into the jungle. We had, we had that's come right. down there that's last right. year. We had come down there last year. Yeah, so. that's right. We're coming into come the jungle up here this, this time. week. Which, yeah, we, we expect a good crowd, and uh, 
Uh, we think it'll be a good atmosphere. We hope it is. And uh, we expect two good teams to play. And, you know, when it's over with, we'll shake hands or whatever we need to do. And we'll both go our separate ways. And we expect Trials County to be, you know, in, in, uh, in, in the hunt for another state championship in 2A. And hopefully we can improve a little bit week to week. And we can see what we can do. Well, Coach, you know, being in the jungle, kind of like being on the creek bank, you know, there's a there's definitely an advantage. But that reminds me, um, is there any way for our listeners to get tickets or anything? How do you, how are y'all doing that kind of thing? We have set a, a number up uh, for, I guess, maximum capacity, to, you know, there. And, uh, uh, I mean, it, we're not... We know we're not limited as far as where we, you know, we're selling tickets pre-sale or anything like that. So, right, uh, you know, just show up with a with a good temperature and a mask, and uh, maybe we can get to watch a ball game. Good deal, coach. Good deal. Um, like I said, good luck to you, and uh, I'm excited about coming to see you Friday night. Hopefully, right. hopefully we got a good ball game on our hands. Well, maybe we will. So, uh, <laughs> be good to see you too. Yes, sir. Have a good night, bud. All right, see you, man. Yes, sir, see you.